Hey there everyone, I'm Patrick, your host for this podcast and today we'll be discussing an important topic which is COVID-19 vaccine accessibility and its implications in Malaysia. Okay, as you all know, COVID-19 has changed the way we live, the new normal, social distancing, staying indoors, uh, hand sanitization, my sajatra and a lot more, okay? Uh, many people have lost their lives, unfortunately and sadly, and many have lost their jobs and many are struggling to make ends meet, which means they are starting to provide for their children, their, fr- their family, and so yeah, it goes on. But I'm here to discuss an important topic, which is vaccine and its accessibility in this country. Okay, so as you all know, vaccines are one of the main methods to control this pandemic. It is also one of the best ways to protect society from COVID-19. Since the emergence of COVID-19, various efforts have been made around the world to develop the COVID-19 vaccine. Okay, In Malaysia, we have the Special Committee for Ensuring Access to COVID-19 Vaccine Supply, JKJAV, co-chaired by the Ministry of Health of Malaysia and the Ministry of Science, Technology and Innovation. It was established to ensure access to the COVID-19 vaccine immediately, safely, perfectly and effectively for the country. JKJAV also plays an important role as the main committee in planning, implementing and monitoring the entire National COVID-19 Immunization Program. The National COVID-19 Immunization Program is the largest immunization program implemented in the history of Malaysia. Therefore, the government through the Special Committee for Ensuring Access to COVID-19 Vaccine Supply will implement a comprehensive government and society or whole of government and whole of society approaches together with various ministries and government agencies, state governments, NGOs, private and community members to ensure the program achieves its targeted goals. There are three types of vaccines offered in this country, which is the mRNA vaccine, the viral vector vaccine and the inactivated virus vaccine. And as we know, there are three main providers, which is Pfizer, Sinovac and AstraZeneca. Okay, so here with me, we have an important guest who introduces himself. And without further ado, I'd like him to uh, introduce himself and tell him what he does for a living. And yeah. Hi, uh, everyone. Well, thank you, Patrick, for having me. Well, first and foremost, a little bit about myself. My name is Juan Aizawawi. Currently, I'm a business development consultant at Frost and Southern Malaysia. And uh, yeah, um, regarding you know this vaccine, we are entering an era of this in times of uncertainty. And uh, yeah, bring to the point of, you know, COVID itself, rather, it is a very complex issue that have a massive ripples of effect throughout every corner of the world, no matter what race and what country or which continent that you live in. So perhaps, you know, it's absolutely crucial to address these issues with Patrick in this podcast today. Okay, thank you. So my first question will be, how did you come up with the decision to seek accessibility to this vaccine? And what actually made you decide to get vaccinated? Well, regarding the issues of accessibility or the decision for me to get inoculated, well, firstly, as I've mentioned before, COVID-19 is a you know a relatively new disease that has been shed in light around, what, a few years ago? And uh, the decision for me was rather quite, you know, a dilemma, knowing that, you know, we don't know the contents of the vaccine. It's developed in a rapid pace. And the big issue that I have at first is, you know, hesitancy was one of them and not, you know, not feeling confident. 
is the other. And um, at first, I I, didn't, I was a bit hesitant, hence why I signed up for vaccination rather late. And uh, it took me, uh, you know, it got me, I got vaccinated a bit later than everyone else, just because for me to ensure the safety first. But however, the decision for me to, you know, get the vaccine itself is when the government says that, oh, we will put restrictions on you if you don't get inoculated with both doses. So for me, knowing that you know, after a while, after you know, a certain time period that it's safe and knowing that it's available everywhere, I think the decision for me to get you know, vaccinated was a no-brainer. But just that, you know, if I've, as I've mentioned, a bit, uh, a bit, feeling a bit speculative or a bit sketchy at first, but later on, it was all right. Because knowing that we have to be protected at all times, and I live with you know, parents who are above 60, so it is a solemn responsibility for me as well to be protected so that I can protect them. Okay, so you mentioned earlier that you were initially hesitant. What were the factors behind this hesitancy? Were you influenced by maybe your friends or peers or the media? Could you, could you elaborate further why initially you were skeptical, hesitant and doubtful? Well, I was you know, a little bit skeptical at first because of the media, primarily as you've mentioned before, there were people, primarily the media and secondly with my family members, who mentioned that, oh, these vaccines have caused blood clots and so forth. But then I've come to realize that, you know, I have no, uh, you know, I have no pre-existing condition. Hence, you know, there's no reason for me not to get vaccinated. And, you know, I'm a fit and healthy person. I work out every day. And, uh, yeah, that was, you know, that was that. And another factor for me at first to get vaccinated is not get the vaccine or registering late is that I just want to see how other people react first because you know everyone has different side effects and I'm just curious to see how others feel because I'm actually a little bit a bit apprehensive about it first because we never know how it's going to affect our body since you know it is a new form of vaccination okay earlier you mentioned about your uh, working as a business consultant how did your did your company actually influence you um, did they um, put a restriction or make you, make you force you to get the vaccine? Or how was it with your company? I would like to know that further. Well, you know, the golden rule for working in an office environment is that you have to get vaccinated, both doses. Hence, if you don't get vaccinated, the chances of you not going to the office is rather high. And at the same time, I deal with clients a lot and we meet people on a, you know, on a daily basis. So the impression that us as consultants representing Frost and Sullivan and you know if for example if you don't get vaccinated what impression is that going to give to other people who are potentially bringing in businesses to your company so um, yeah it's you know it goes both ways because knowing that you know we deal with people we also need to be protected you know, at all times so it was that okay I, once you made the decision to get vaccinated how easy or difficult was it to get the appointment to get these vaccines? Uh, could you explain, elaborate further the information, like how, your experience especially? I would like to know. Well, I registered my for vaccine, I think, two months before I'm supposed to get vaccinated. And uh, was it easy? Yes, it was easy. It was just a matter of having the MySejahtra application. Uh, was it a long wait? Well, it was kind of my fault for initially you know, registering late 
just you know, like I've mentioned earlier, just to see how others would react to the vaccine. But overall, you know, it's rather accessible, and the process is rather you know, rather quick, rather rapid from the day I registered for it till to the day I got my jab. So. Okay, so moving on. Uh, did you have a problem with the choice of vaccine that was offered to you or did you just or did you want to choose your vaccine because you know we heard in the media that many people started to compare the vaccine and say okay this vaccine is better than the other vaccine what about you were you influenced by such talk or speculation a bit yes initially because you know i've got a friend who's studying overseas in which she mentioned to me that for you to be able to go inside that country you need to have either a pfizer or a, or astrazeneca so they're more westward leaning vaccination so in my mind knowing that you know i'm an avid traveler i was praying for a fact that i've you know i have either of those you know, sinovac or astrazeneca as you know people are, and you know other governments are you know making that a priority so i was praying really hard to get the pfizer and thankfully i got that pfizer so i think that's another factor that made me choose the you know that specific vaccine but you know at the end of the day I did not have the choice. It's just that I was lucky to get what I wanted. Okay, what is your opinion on the vaccine accessibility in this country? As you may read in the media, many people who are living in the rural areas, uh, some children, some elderly, co-dependents, people are depending on other people, had issues with uh, regarding getting the vaccine supply. So did, uh, did you ex encounter any such experience? Maybe you heard it from your friends, maybe you heard it from family. Could you, Albert, uh, could you ex uh, tell us your experience? No, I did not have any you know, difficulty getting the vaccine, knowing that, you know, we live in a city area, especially in the capital city, where, you know, vaccination uh, centers are everywhere, literally. And, um, yeah, to me, accessibility was, you know, not an issue, rather. And although I've heard stories that, you know, people in the rural areas have that difficulty due to the fact that they live in a such isolated location, hence, you know, it's quite tough to get through to them but i think you know in terms of accessibility wise if you live in the um, city or in the urban area that's not an issue in this country i think we're all very well stocked up the government's well prepared in terms of distribution and the quantities available as well okay uh, did you know that in in Slango and kuala lumpur uh, many people were offered the choice to have the astrazeneca vaccine and during that time when people were trying to log in and access that website which was offering the updates for appointments, the website suddenly crashed. So I was wondering maybe you could tell us what vaccine did you choose and did, uh, no, what vaccine was offered to you? Not, sorry, I retract my question. So what vaccine was offered to you and did you have the option of uh, going through the experience of, you know, the shutdown that was experienced by the website? No, I did not get, you know, the option to choose my vaccine. I, you know, prayed to get the Pfizer and, you know, as soon as I got appointment, I just went to the hospital or the vaccination center to get my jab. So I did not have the you know, option to choose. I just took whatever I can get at that time. And um, thankfully, for all three of my doses, including my booster, I got the Pfizer. So it was, you know, it was a blessing. Okay. So in your opinion, what do you think can be done to improve the accessibility of vaccines in this country, knowing that all the issues that we are facing uh, in this country? Well, I think, you know, we have, even though we have, you know, what, over 80% of our population has been inoculated, the, in terms of accessibility-wise, 
I personally think that we've done a superb job knowing that other developed countries, you know, uh, you know major world superpowers are struggling to get their vaccination uh, program going at the rate that we were going last year. So in terms of accessibility, I don't think we have any issues or I mean, not that I've you know, heard of because like I've said earlier, we're all, you know, we have sufficient amount of vaccine for the population to go moreover for, you know, perhaps you know, if you were to go for another booster dose, I think that's also not going to be an issue knowing that you know, it's the vaccination center that's been set up can be, you know, reverted to a multi-purpose hall and so forth. In that aspect, no, not an issue regarding accessibility. Although if you live like, you know, in the deep rural areas, if that's the case, I've seen like a mobile you know, vaccination vehicle that goes around. And I think the efforts that the government has taken in order for them to access those remote locations has been rather splendid. Okay, despite taking the vaccines, uh, you told me before, off record that you also uh, were tested positive twice for this uh, for the virus. So if you don't mind sharing me, uh, did that uh, change your mind on the on the on vaccines, or were you skeptical, or did you did, did it some form of hesitancy return to you? Or maybe could, uh, if you don't mind sharing with us. Yeah, sure. Well, you know, I've tested positive twice, once in March, and I think another time earlier this month. And uh, I think because of the vaccine, my side of my you know, the COVID that got me wasn't too bad. It was just like you know any other fever really. It was just a flu, sore throat, and uh, slight fever. Nothing out of the ordinary. I think that's because you know we have as a young lad we have strong antibodies that could fight off. Perhaps you know if I was not vaccinated, it surely could have been much much worse. But um, yeah, it was not a very pleasant situation to be in. And uh, I think, thank God for the vaccine, it was, you know, it was surely the one that perhaps made it like, you know, made things rather more not serious and not as concerning because, you know, this is a virus that spreads easily. And at one point or the other, everyone's going to get it. It's a matter of time. So unfortunately, my time was, you know, in March and May, and um, nothing I can do about it. Something that we can't see, in order to avoid. The best we can do is just to mask up and, you know, social distance and sanitize our hands. But yeah, no hesitancy regarding the vaccine, especially after catching COVID. Now that I've, you know, been a, vi a victim of it. But at the end of the day, nothing out of the ordinary. Nothing overly serious. Okay, what was your opinion on the MySajatrap regarding, you know, trying to uh, set a date for an appointment, trying to get the vaccines? What did you think about the whole process of going through it? Uh, maybe you could tell me, were you uh, satisfied, happy? Could you describe your feeling or your experience uh, using the MySajatrap to get the vaccine appointment? Well, the vaccine appointment, you know, upon registering, uh, you get like a little notification saying that, oh, you've got a vaccination appointment at this time on this specific date at this location. And... Um, I think uh, I think the process was rather smooth, and uh, I personally have you know nothing against the app. It's rather convenient to have, especially when you know all they do is update you automatically, and if you don't comply by over a certain time, they're just going to drop you a message as a friendly reminder. 
So yeah, I, I like the app. You know, nothing, nothing bad about the app. Just that the annoying part was that having to scan it wherever, it, yeah, any premises that you enter. But now that it has been that policy has been abolished, so yeah, nothing, you know, nothing negative to say about the app. It's surely made things a lot easier for everyone. Uh, maybe you could share interesting interesting you said you work as a business consultant and you meet clients did you meet any form of uh, specul uh, did you encounter any form of speculation rumors or people talking about in the office or you know i'm not talking about office talk regarding the vaccine supply and the, their experience of getting the vaccines within your organization itself that you work for well none no we never had those kind of talk although my boss did you know test i think majority of the people in my company knowing that they work in KL, they travel around a lot. Most of us did tested positive, but no, no serious case. Everyone, you know, had mild symptoms and recovered within a week. So none of those speculative talk either. And I think, you know, as the saying goes, no news is good news, right? Yes, I agree with you. Um, but now, uh, you see, you, you like you, you love to travel, right? So uh, were you happy that you were given the Pfizer vaccine and? Uh, how would you feel like, let's say, you know, someone who got Sinovac and they couldn't go to the this, uh, to certain countries, certain population in the world. So what do you think about, do you feel it's a form of discrimination or what, what is your, your, your opinion on that? Well, getting, you know, the Pfizer certainly was a good thing for me, but I just don't think it's fair that, you know, people who have Sinovac vaccines aren't allowed to go to certain places. That's a form of, you know, discriminatory behavior and also a form of neo-colonization in which I believe that it is certainly not fair, especially in this time when, at that time, when the vaccine was just developed and we're still yet to uncover about this disease. So firstly, for me, I don't think it's fair for any, you know, countries to practice such, uh, you know, type of, to have such policy implemented because, you know, the best vaccine you can have is the one that you are offered so whatever happen, happens you know what we, we have to make do what we have currently yes i agree with you eyes okay so i would like to ask you regarding the uh, the politics in this country in the sense that when the vaccines first came toward our prime minister tansri muhyiddin hasin was the first to take the vaccine and it, it was show, it was broadcasted live on tv and also the ministers that were involved uh, dr sri dr adam baba and now uh, YB Kairi Jamaluddin, the Ministry of Health. As you know, we had a switch of ministers. So what do you think about the transition from uh, Datu Sri Dr. Adam Baba to YB Kairi Jamaluddin? How do you think this whole vaccination program and the access and supplies were handled by both people? I'd like to get your perspective or opinion on this matter. Well, I think, you know, this transition, I mean, it was barely even noticeable if you think about it. We don't see any hiccups. I mean, the program was perhaps, you know, discussed over a long period of time before it was implemented and the transition was smooth even after you know this launch of the new government so to me i have no criticism of how we've handled the vaccination program in this country we did rather splendid job and uh, we will continue to do so even if you know another booster is needed a fourth dose if god you know permits uh certainly we'll do a great job in handling our program Okay, as a follow-up question that you mentioned about the booster dose, and yeah, in uh, for just for our viewers' information, uh, in Western countries, uh, they often have seasonal flu shots, which means they take almost a yearly one, so every season once. So, uh, what do you think with the new normal now, where Malaysians are starting to get used to this new feeling of having to take a booster dose quite frequently, like 
every three or six months or even one year once. So what is your opinion? Will it? What? How do you think it will be received in this country, especially since we are not used to this kind of culture? In Western countries, it's it's quite common for them to take seasonal flu shots. So now COVID-19 has become endemic, which means we are starting to live with the virus. So what is your opinion on that? Well, to be honest with you, you know, we have in, in an Asian culture, we have this perception of, you know, whenever we have a flu or, or just a slight fever, we just tend to ask you to just, you know, suck it up and brush it off. And uh, I think maybe that's just a cultural point of view. But for me, at least, I, you know, truth to be told, I rarely got, you know, inoculated. Even the last, before I got the COVID vaccine, the last shot that I got was back in what, 2008, 2009? And that is from a tetanus, uh, tetanus shot. That is because we were you know, back in school. During my school days, we had to go on a trip. So that was one of the requirements. And uh, to be honest with you, I don't know. I'm a bit hesitant to get a fourth shot now because you know we don't know the long-term effects of this vaccine. And uh, even if I am supposed to get a fourth shot, perhaps I would like to have a, you know, a longer interval between my third dose and my fourth dose, perhaps maybe a one-year buffer just to you know make sure that my body and my organs at all you know are you know aren't overstrained or have any uh, perverse effect because of the vaccine okay it's one final question for you mr Ice. thank you so much for your opinion and giving me your time and your consideration in this matter uh, what would be your advice to people who are hesitant who are you know unsure hesit- uh, speculative about the vaccine what would be your advice and what would you say to them to those people uh, hesitant to take the vaccine well, my advice for you is just to get, you know, to get yourself vaccinated because, you know, this virus is not going away anytime soon. We have to learn how to deal with it. I mean, if you don't get vaccinated, then just unfortunately, you have to deal with the consequences of the government making life difficult for you. So, um, yeah, my advice is, you know, get yourself uh, vaccinated, get yourself boosted. And uh, believe me, you are going to get the virus at one point or the other in your life. It's inevitable. It is a matter of time, as I've said earlier. So, um, in order for you to protect yourself, do get yourself protected first. Okay, thank you so much, Ais, for your advice. And as, yes, as Mr. Ais said, the best vaccine you get is the one that's been given to you. Okay, so that's it for my audience. I'll see you in the next episode where I'll be interviewing a headmistress who will talk about her experience of getting vaccines for her school children. Okay, that's all from me, your host Patrick. I'm signing off. Bye.